Hello and welcome to the Trail and Adventure Motorbike Podcast with me, Clive Barber, and my good mate, Noel Tom. For the days when you can't ride your bike, there's always the Trail and Adventure Motorbike Podcast. Hello and welcome to another exciting instalment. Today we're going to be talking to Magnus Joransson from Sweden. Have a look at Spitfire Magnus on Instagram, there's some great pictures. So Magnus is joining us to talk about his up and coming iron but challenge that he's doing with a couple of pals up in Sweden. If you don't know much about the iron but challenge, there's a number of long distance challenges you do. The first one of which is the saddle saw where you need to ride a 1,000 miles in 24 hours. There's quite a few other challenges. Have a look on the Iron Butt website, ironbutt.co.uk. A couple of examples, the Europe end-to-end, riding from Tarifa up to Nordcap in 78 hours. Another one is the British Isles Insanity, where you do four Iron Butt challenges, one in each of the great British countries. That's pretty mental. So We're also going to talk to him after he's done his first Iron Butt to see how it went. But before we start, I want to talk to directly to all UK trail riders and implore you to have a look at the DEFRA Landscapes Review Consultation. We all need to respond to it and make our views felt so that we can protect trail riding in the UK. So that's the DEFRA Landscapes Review Consultation. Please do that. Right, let's get on with it. I've got some questions for you. I think the idea of doing a two-part things quite a nice idea so we'll talk about talk about you obviously yeah. and your biking history i'm intrigued to know what garage night is as well so then we'll talk about you for a bit then talk about what the iron butt is <laughs> why yeah, that, are you doing yeah, it that's, that's really a good question it is <laughs> <laughs> and then things like what are you taking with you have you done any mods extra comfortable seat extra fuel that type of thing so yeah yeah just some basic stuff so we're actually three guys doing it but um they, they, one of one of the guys said, "No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking in English on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not doing that." And the other guy said, "I ah, will be fun." Then, then I haven't heard of him from him in two days. So I guess he's just, oh no. My name is Magnus. Uh, I live in the southern southern parts of Sweden in uh, Malmo. It's the third biggest uh, city in the country, actually. Pretty flat part of Sweden. No mountains, and so it's uh, a bit, a bit, of, a bit of forest, but uh, mainly. Like farming, farming country. Are you near the coast? Yeah, I'm like 20 minutes to the sea, basically. A 10, 10 if you take the car. So I'm, I'm close to the sea, close to the sea between Denmark and Sweden. So does the Tet go near to where you live? Yeah, it, the Tet actually starts, the, the bridge between um, Copenhagen and Malmö, it actually starts in in Sweden on, on the when the bridge enters uh, uh, Malmö. It's tarmac for about... Or asphalt. I don't. I don't know what you say in England. Tarmac works for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's maybe an hour until you get to the fun stuff. So that's basically when, when we ride to go on trail tra- riding or so. It's it's an hour. We have to, uh, to to find like the good the good parts. We normally record on a Wednesday night, but you couldn't record on a Wednesday because you you have every Wednesday's garage night. So I'm intrigued to find out what garage night is. I wasn't born in, in Malmö. I was born in a town for, further north. And when I moved to Malmö, I had a bike, but I had no place to store it. And then, I met, then I met my girlfriend, Hannah. And in the same house where she lived, I, I moved into her flat. There was a guy in his basement building an old CB750 from the 70s. So I basically just knocked on the door and said, hello, 
what are you doing? And we we became friends. And then he told me how he shared a like a small garage with some other friends in a, in another part of the town. And he said, hey, come and join, have a chat. And it basically, I was there almost every night he was there and we were talking. And um, then we started like to be, become friends for real. And I met his friends and we started like we were four people. But the place we were in, it was, it was in, in a, like a car park garage that was rebuilt. So it was pretty dark and it wasn't really good, to be honest. So we started to look for something else. And then we found, um, it's in the outskirts of Alma, like an old warehouse. Which we rent, which we rent at the moment, and now we are 13 guys have it like a community garage. So everyone has their own spot, and we share. We share like uh, we have a welding machine, uh, a lathe, grill, grilling stuff, and yeah, everything you basically need. And since we're we're a community community, so all the money that goes into the community goes to like buying new tools and uh, supplies and whatever. The thing is sometimes when we meet every, every Wednesday, is, Wednesday is holy, it's a holy night. Every Wednesday is garage night. But sometimes we don't even do that much work on our bikes. We just talk and drink beer instead. I was going to say, is there a beer fridge? I, that's what I was imagining. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There that is. sounds amazing. Why Why doesn't every town have one of these? I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it, it took a quite a quite hard work to get the like the place ready and up and running and i don't think i think pe- people are pretty used to like have something it's just oh it's here welcome we, we worked pretty hard to get it going and now the people wanting to join but we have we have like 13 spots and that's it so there's a queue if, if you want to join you can be in the queue but we don't we don't take in like anyone it's it has to be like a friend of a friend or somebody who we actually since we share a lot of tools we want it to be like good people that don't destroy or yeah it, it, they have to have like the right vibe to be to be honest i get that it's the same with your the people you ride with you need to be able to exactly. trust them and they need to be the right kind of people to fit in with the gang my little riding gang that we make the films of people would love to come and join us but if we let everybody join us that wanted to there'd be 30 of us heading out to spain in a few weeks time and it's just just not going to happen that sounds great i love the idea of that and, and the thing is you, you actually it's it's pretty cheap for you have you to have a place to store your bikes you have the tools you, we all all have like our own tools as well but like the big expensive things to buy we share and that that's a good thing and and it's always good like oh i need help okay how to fix this can you help me lift this engine can you it's good to have people around plus the fact you've got a lot of knowledge in the room if you don't know how to rebuild suspension hopefully somebody else will and you can get help and advice it's pretty fun because it's a pretty good mix as well when i started the the garage with my friends i was all all into this you know rebuilding old bikes into scramblers and cafe racers and all that then i had my africa twin i I, I bought it earlier some of the guys oh riding on gravel seems fun why won't i maybe i'm gonna buy a gravel bike as well or a off-road bike a trail bike so we are a bunch of guys who have trail bikes and then the other guys ride like old harley Harley davidson like shoppers shovel heads and pan heads and whatever like uh, kind of um, so it's a good mix, and there's a kind of a friendly rivalry as well. We have our like Gore-Tex outfits, and they ride in jeans and t-shirts. <laughs> so it's it's quite quite fun. I've got a similar thing with Noel. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting talking to to Robert from Nomad Sweden because where where we live, everybody kind of rides smaller enduro bikes because of the the nature of the terrain. But he was saying in in Sweden, everybody has bigger bikes because it's pretty much all gravel tracks. It is hence 
your uh, XR, is it an XRV? And a... Yeah, Africa 20, yeah. And an XR650R. So the R is the water-cooled electric start. No, only kick. Only kick start. I think I've ridden one in Morocco, yeah. Yeah, there's X, XR650L, which is air-cooled. I think it's the same engine that is in the nx 650 see if noel was here he'd be moaning at me because he's had he's had one of these bikes as long as i've known him i can never remember which one it is yeah the l is quite simpler the r is more basically more racing to be honest it's um, liquid cooled and a better suspension and not as comfortable comfortable as there, there's no cush drive there's the saddle is uh, horrible to ride in longer longer for longer time but it, it's one of the bikes that i own that still can frighten me because there's so much power in that big single cylinder engine and also both greg and noel have bought you know the big headlight that you've got on your Honda. Yeah, they had Baja. Noel bought a cheap Chinese one, but Greg bought a proper Trail Tech one. They look amazing. Not easy to get hold of. If you buy a new one from the States, it's like five or $600. And then it's um, the shipping and the tax and all that. I actually found a, a secondhand one here in Sweden for um, 250 euros. So that was pretty pretty decent. It, it was pretty knackered, but I, um, I repainted it. And the, th- the thing is, they actually come with... Um, xenon hid lamp and um, not not road legal as at all and um, i couldn't get my bike I, the xr650r has like both ac and dc it is a really weird electrical system so i find i found a guy in america who makes a conversion so you just put in an ordinary h4 lamp instead with high beam and low beam uh, and it works perfect but to be honest, I, I bought it mostly just for the looks. Because it, it looks cool. Yeah, no, it does. looks very cool, which is why Noel got a cheap Chinese one. He doesn't care how much light it puts out. Uh, and and be, to, compared to the original lamp, it's like, yeah, the original lamp is like a small candle in a glass yard. It doesn't do anything when it's dark. I guess the reason we're having this conversation is because you've got a fairly major undertaking coming up in as much as you're doing the Iron Butt Sweden. When we talked before, we thought it'd be good to have a chat pre the event and then have another chat once you've done it. Tell us what the Iron Butt is for those that don't know. And I'm, I'm not a, like a, a, an ambassador for the whole event, but uh, when I started riding bikes long ago, I, I heard something about it. And I, my, my first thing that popped up in my head was that they're stupid. It's just ridiculous. Why why would you even do it? Do it? But since I'm a father now, I have kids, time is not, it, it's hard to get time to ride. I talked to my friends, uh, Tobias, Tobias and um, Zacharias, his, his name, Zach. I talked to those guys and they were kind of, yeah, let's do it. Could be fun. Zach is, he's like, you know, running marathons and stuff and he likes to push himself. Tobias just, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll do it. The thing is, I love riding bikes and to be able to ride a bike for a long time would be fun is not the right word, but and, um, just to try what you're capable of to see if you have it. And what really spurred me on, because uh, last summer I was with um, some, some friends of the gang in uh, a, bit, a little bit further up in, in Sweden, doing a gravel tour for four days. They, they were up five days. They went one day ahead of me and they took their cars and trailed the bike up on, on a trailer. But I thought, I'm going to ride myself. So I had 800 kilometers to go. So I started early in the morning and just rode. 
It was a, a mix of highway and smaller roads. And to be honest, something happens when you ride long on a bike. There's something happening with you. The first hour or two, are, you're excited, and then you come in, in some kind of... Uh, if you just, what is the actual challenge of the Iron Butt then? The challenge is you have to go 1,600 kilometers in t- under 24 hours. That's the that's the the thing. We have read a little bit about it, and people usually do it in about 19 hours, 19 to 20 hours. When we decided to do it, we were all yeah stoked. Let's do it. It will be fun. All not every day, but sometimes I just it pops up in my head. Why? Why are you doing this? It's just stupid. And I've told my other friends in the garage, I'm doing it. And I, why? But why? And I kind of respond to them with saying, why do you run a marathon? Why do you climb Mount Everest? Why do you do these crazy things to, to test yourself? It's, just, it's because it's possible. And afterwards, it's a pretty rewarding feeling. And it would be fun to just say, I've done, the, I've done an iron butt. Just to, be, to say, I'm, say I've done it. And since I love riding bikes, it, I hope it will be fun. And also, all of the guys who do we three, the guys who who are doing it, we love the preparation phase of it. So you're gonna you're gonna stay together on the event. Yeah. You don't necessarily have a route to follow. You have to make your own route, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. You have to make your own route, and it's not that simple just to like draw on the map to make the route because some parts you have to you have to prove that you actually have passed certain points because you you do the ride and then you send in like all the receipts from the tanking stops and so on. And then some some guy, I guess the volunteering people, just go through your receipts to check that you actually were on the places you said you were. To make that like idiot proof, you have to really prove where you have been. So making the route, you have to check on the map, okay, is there a shorter way maybe they think you have gone? Or how can you prove you actually took like the, ro- the long way around instead? So the preparation of just making the route took almost a whole night. We were sitting in with our computers and checking the maps and so it took almost a night to get it get it right and then we actually added at like 20 or 30 kilometers just to be sure so it's not too short because that will be a disaster to almost do it like oh good job but you did only 1590 so you're not so i've just done some quick maths if you were to take 24 hours to do it you'd have to average 67 kilometers per hour exactly or, or in english that's 42 miles per hour yeah. Which actually, I mean, it isn't fast, but you've got to do that hour after hour after hour. Exactly. So it is, it is a difficult challenge to actually succeed, I would imagine. It is. It is both, both the preparation and both the stamina to actually pull it off, to have your bike in perfect condition. Yeah, I know you're talking about, the, what do you say, perfect planning prevents poor performance. <laughs> Something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I think when do, doing an iron butt, that's crucial to actually, you have to, everywhere you read, everybody says, plan the ride, ride the plan. It's like you have to, you, you can't, oh, let's check this road instead or check, let's do this instead. You have to like plan everything. There's loads to read on on the, on the internet about people who have done it or have, who, people who have failed it. There was some guy saying it's good if you learn to like refuel your bike sitting on your bike because it's, it takes shorter time than getting off, taking your helmet off and stuff. I don't think we're going to be that hardcore. It's like any exercise, you need to rest and relax and you know, it'd be good, I would imagine, to actually get off and stretch at least anyway. To be honest, a thing we read about is like food. You're, you're quite, maybe if, you, if you've ridden for a couple of hours, oh, let's get a pizza, let's, get, let's go to McDonald's or whatever. 
but that kind of food is just sucks all your blood down your your stomach and you get tired so we're thinking of like going hardcore in on protein bars and um keep the energy levels going maybe like having sandwiches and stuff and that's also a thing because if you go in, into a place and eat even if even if you know that you're in a rush you know how it is you, you stay and you talk and uh, suddenly oh half an hour easily just to keep like the food stops short we i think we're going to bring a lot of food by ourselves to be honest like sandwiches and fruit and whatever so there's there's three of you going magnus tobias and zach who is most likely to drop out I th- I, to be honest, uh, we haven't talked about it. And I, I don't think anybody of us really. Uh, Who's the biggest loser of your friends? Ooh, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to call them out here. <laughs> well, we'll find out after the end of the event anyway. Yeah. And hopefully you'll have all done it. I, actually, we, we, we said to ourselves that if somebody of us just feels like I'm not going to make it, we're going to quit and take take the closest hotel. and all just for like, one and one for all. Yeah, basically. Yeah. No oh, man gets left behind. No, I, I can't make it. Okay, let's get to a nice hotel with a pool and have a beer and just, it's a small vacation instead. But I, I think we're going to make it. I think so. Tobias works at, uh, as a um, paramedic. He drives an ambulance. So he's pretty pretty used to uh, working nights and stuff. Zach works, works in a, he's kind of a, I think some kind of boss in a building company. So he worked like office hours. And I'm a teacher and a father to two small girls. So I'm pretty used to getting up at night as well. The thing, preparation-wise, just with the, to have the stamina and the energy is uh, how much do you sleep before? Are, are you, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about just that thing. Are we, gonna to, are we going to bed earlier for a couple of days before? Are you just going to go to sleep at regular time or... I don't really know. I have to do some research about that. I think the thing is, though, you'll be kind of looking forward to it. The closer you get, your brain will keep you awake anyway because you'll be excited, right? It's the same thing. Every bike ride I do, it's the same thing. I can't sleep the night before. I think it's pretty... If you love bikes, I think it's pretty common. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Definitely the same with me. There's three of you doing it. You're going to be on your... How old is your Africa twin? It's from 2000. It's RD07A. So it's the it's like the last of the version of the first Africa twin. It's a 750 model, the Wii twin. It has been a dream bike of mine since I was a kid. I had it on, on the wall in my in my room when I was a kid. I always wanted one. Then I when I started riding bikes, I actually had, I had like a sports bike, a GSX-R 600. And I went to track days and, you know, full leather suits and all that. And then something just spurred me on. I, I really need to get that bike. And I, had, I bought it in 2014, I guess. So I had had it for a couple of years. And if there's one bike I'm never going to sell, it's that Africa Twin. Because it's, I read a review somewhere, an old review. Somebody said it's, it's not best at anything, but it's good at everything. Like a Volvo, like a Swedish Volvo. It does the job. And actually, I love the look of like the old Dakar bikes. I think they look really cool. So that's also like the big around headlights. And um, yeah, I like the look. And it's a Honda, so it just, it just runs. And what are the other guys riding? Zach is riding Husqvarna Husky 701. He has installed like a rally kit, I think from uh, Aurora. It's like, the, you know, rally fairing and stuff. He actually bought a seat concepts seat because the original 701 saddle or seat is absolutely terrifying to ride on so he, he spent a bit a, a lot of money to buy a better seat and he said 
to all your listeners who have a 701, I think that's the like the primary thing to change is the, the seat. I've got an air, air hawk seat, which I've had for about 10, 15 years now. So you, you put a small amount of air. It's got separate little air cushions and the air moves around. And that's incredibly good as well. If you need, is it worth it? I think you can find cheaper versions now, but yeah, something along those lines is is definitely worth it. I swear by them. I tried a sheepskin that was just awful, and I've had an airhawk, and every long trip I always take it with me, and it, it's brilliant because it just you just kind of it feels slightly odd, but you never feel as if your butt is actually in contact with anything. You never actually feel like it's pressing down on anything. It's the same technology they use for people in hospitals that are in, you know, on their backs for a long period of time to stop them from getting sores. Works really well. Sounds sounds maybe something to uh, check out. Think about yeah. I, I was actually thinking about the sheepskin thing because I've I've seen so many people doing it, but you say it's not a. No, it didn't. Definitely didn't work for me. It seemed to make it worse. If anything, it was awful. A lot of people swear by them, but yeah, it just didn't work for me. Getting back to the bikes, Tobias is on a 790 KTM Adventure R. He also bought like a bigger fairing rally style. After you've done the event, Noel will be so delighted if if one of the KTMs or the Huskies has broken down and the, and the old Honda makes it to the end. And you know what? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Ride red. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or as we say, in a KTM ready to race once. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> ready to service. What other mods are you going to be doing to make sure your bike is ready to ready to go? I've, I've done some mods when, when I bought the bike. I bought like the bigger foot pegs. What do you say? The steering. Oh, I lost the word. Bar risers. Yeah, bar risers, exactly. I found some really nice small um, extra lights from Rigged Industries. Amer- I think it's an American company. Really, really small and absolutely amazing. Yeah, very good quality. Yeah, really brilliant. I had some, yeah. They weren't cheap, but really, really good. Then basically that's it. Uh, I also bought a couple of years ago uh, like a rally fairing to make it look a little, little bit more aggressive. And it's pretty good to actually get the wind out your face and head. What will your plan be then? Will you ride as far as the smallest petrol tank will allow and then yeah, exactly. all stop together, presumably? It's a 701 who is the like the weakest link uh, fuel, fuel-wise. So we have planned the tank stops after that. I think it can... I don't know really how the range is but it's, it's not that bad. But I, I think I, I can go east. I have I think I have 22 liters in my Africa Twin, so I can go probably the furthest. We have a planet around the 701. And also because it, it's pretty good just to get off and get a stretch and then get on again. But uh, apart, from, apart from that, I haven't... Yeah, the mods I've done otherwise, I've, I've changed to uh, progressive springs in the front. I bought a new uh, rear shock from HyperPro. They had like a, a kit, so I bought all of that. So I think the bike is in pretty good condition. This winter, I've just changed all the fluids and checked the valves. And one weak thing with the, Af- the old Africa Twin is the fuel pump. So I actually changed it to a faucet, I think it's called. I think it's a British mark, a solid state one. It doesn't, it's supposed to be bomb proof. And I hope it, I hope it is. Actually, well, I have had one broken before, but I changed it to a new one. So hopefully it, it, it will work. That's basically it. Yeah, I also have like this, you know, intercom, cardo, pack talk thing. So I can listen to music and pods and uh, uh, radio and whatever. Do your friends have them? Tobias has. Makes such a big difference. It, it does, it does. When we first bought them, me and Tobias were out riding, when we talked all the time. 
And actually, we said, okay, let's be quiet for a while. We don't have, just because we can't talk, we don't have to talk. So now we, we use it more when, oh, look, can we stop? I have to go to the toilet or can we have a snack? So it's, we don't talk that much. It's more for easy communication. And the thing just to listen to music or a pod or whatever we write is, it's really good. It's a luxury, isn't it? It's great. I'm actually planning to do like a 19 hour long playlist on Spotify and trying to, okay, in, in, the, in the seventh hour, I'm going to need some some boosting. Okay, let's play some hardcore rock and roll and then take it down with some maybe some Mozart or some Beethoven. You know, I'm, I'm planning my playlist in my head as well. Yeah, it's important preparation, right? It is. When is the event? We decided to do it on a Friday because we think not a lot of people are out on the um, on the roads. So it's it's that. not a fixed date that you have to do it. You basically choose no, 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 when you no, do you, it. No, no, you, no. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, right. you can choose when you want. Right. So we chose the 27th of May because the weather is supposed to be pretty good at that time of year. It's almost summer here in Sweden. It's, we choose to do it on a Friday. And it's actually like a public holiday that day. So you don't have to take a day off work. So that's good. And hopefully not a lot of people will be out on the streets on that day. Because if people go away for the weekend, they oh, in, the, in that, it's like, a, since it's a public holiday, people often go on like Thursday night. So hopefully the roads will be pretty empty. Well, listen, we need to get um, a date back in the diary then for the following Thursday or something like that to, to record part two. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> I think we've probably got enough there, Magnus. Oh, that's good. It's great. No, it's brilliant. I love that that whole the garage night thing is I love that idea so much and I think people will will react to that in a really positive way as well. You should get some but, uh, some photographs up on Instagram. Abs- abs- I'd love yeah, to see absolutely. some. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we have a we have like a, what is called oh, I can't find the word now. Like an Instagram page for oh, okay. garage as well. Yeah. What's it called? Uh we call Odd Luck Garage. Odd. I don't know about the name. Luck. Like luck. Um, yeah, luck. Odlock Garage. I have, I think I have some pictures on my Instagram as well. Otherwise, I can next time I'm there, I can take some pictures and send. Yeah. It's a, it's 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 good. It's good fun. No, it I'm so happy. I'm so great. happy to have it. To be honest, yeah. The day so, I'm moving from Malmo, I'm gonna miss that thing the most. Yeah. To be honest, because it's it, nice to have your own garage, but it's always fun to be around other people. So thanks a million to Magnus for talking us through the Iron Butt Challenge. Fancy it? If you've done or you've got any exciting adventures coming up, give us a shout. We'd love to talk to you. That's it for this week. Make sure to tune in next week for potentially what could be a very exciting episode. I'm saying out. See you then. Ta-ta a bit. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate your support. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really appreciate what we do, you could consider supporting us on Patreon or buy us a coffee. Links are available on our website, which is tampodcast.com, tampodcast.com, where we also have a limited selection of branded stuff. But either way, please keep listening and spreading the word. See you next time.